Our sermon text for today comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 8. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. Here ends our text. You may be seated. So we are coming to the end of the year of discipleship that has been our theme throughout this year. And it really has been a good year of learning about discipleship, what it means to live out the Christian life, and putting into practice what we have learned. Um, before summer, you guys did topics like worship, Bible study, prayer, and fellowship. And I was a happy to jump aboard when I started Vicarage at the end of the summer. And we did topics like witnessing. You may remember the Joining Jesus Bible study that you may be finishing up or just finished, and also the sermon series we did. And last month, we focused on serving, how we can serve others in our lives. So this month, our, our focus will be on generosity. And I know this can be a rather difficult or hard topic, because it really touches on something that is very near and dear to many of us. But it is an important topic and an aspect of discipleship, so we're going to give it some good thought this month. Today we will be talking about what generosity reminds us of. Next week we'll be talking about what it teaches us. And then finally, how it empowers us to live our Christian lives, how we as disciples respond to the grace that God has given us. So the first thing that we think of when we think of generosity is we are reminded that God is generous. God created this world. He has given us life. And all we have, all the way down to our breath itself, is a gift from God. And God also is generous in sending his Son. The Apostle Paul writes in the epistle lesson, For you know... The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. You see, Jesus, as eternal God, came to this earth and became man. He emptied himself. And I invite you to follow along on your sermon outline, our first note. It's on page six, if that's something you'd like to do. Jesus became poor so that we might become rich. You see, when Jesus walked this earth, he didn't use his full divine power to avoid suffering, to avoid the cross, but he did it for us. This means that Jesus, as full God, became fully human. He felt suffering, pain, loneliness, hunger, all things that we feel in our everyday lives. And he became poor like this so that we might become rich. By going to the cross, by forgiving us for all of our sins, we as poor sinners become rich because of Christ. And we inherit the crown of eternal life at his expense. And not only are we reminded as we think about generosity that God is generous, but it also kind of reminds us 
of our relationship between God's creation and us. You see, the Bible is very clear that God is the owner of everything. He created it. And Psalm 24, as we read, lays this out really great, really nicely. When it says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. God owns everything. What we have, who we are, our breath of life, is all a result of the grace of God. And this is why many times you may hear our Christian lives described as stewards or managers. We manage or steward what God has given us. We don't own it in the fullest sense because it is all God's, but we care for it. We cultivate it and use it to God's glory. I think what might be a helpful image of this borrowing and using what God has given us is to think of yourself kind of in your everyday life and your attitude when you borrow something from someone. And I'll put forth right now that when we borrow something, we are very careful at how we use it. Now, you may have heard the phrase, if you borrow something, you better return it in a condition that is just as good or even better than when you first got it. And we are careful with things we borrow because it's not ours. We don't want to damage it. And when someone borrows us something, there is trust taking place. And if we were to damage or break or lose something due to our own neglect, there could be a break in that trust between that person and us. This dynamic of borrowing and returning things played out in my own life in my first job. My first job I ever did in middle school was cutting lawns, a job that I look upon very fondly even to this day. It was a great opportunity for me as a young kid to to learn work ethic how to deal professionally with people in my lives. And the people I worked for were mostly older people who who weren't able to do as much lawn work or mow their lawns anymore. And this was nice because they already owned all the equipment, the lawn mowers, the blowers, the trimmers, rakes, whatever I had to use was already there. All I had to do was show up, cut the lawn, well, And of course, get paid, right? (laughs) And this worked out really good, except one time I remember. I got a new job uh, with with people that had a riding lawnmower. And this was great, because my other jobs, I had to push the lawnmower. Now all I had to do was sit there, mow the lawn. It was easy. And these people were, they were pretty particular about their things and how they wanted the lawn done but they wanted me to kind of learn how to care for some of their equipment. So I did. They would give me simple tasks like filling up the lawnmower with gas. And that usually worked pretty good, except this one time. So what they had, instead of using a manageable gallon or two-and-a-half-gallon gas can, all they had was one of those five-gallon full spill-proof gas containers. So there was me at about 14, 15 years old, filling up their lawnmower. Well, and you can kind of see what happened. I spilled. 
And I'm not just talking about spilling a couple drips of gas on the seat. I, the gas was gushing out. It was flowing out down the side of the lawnmower, on the seat, on my hands, and I made the mistake of filling up their lawnmower in the garage. And that's an awful thing. So my first thought when all this happened was, oh my gosh, I know how particular these people are. What are they going to do? Well, maybe I'll take some rags, wipe it up, and throw it away. They'll never know. (laughs) Well, that thought fled as quickly as I thought of it because those of you that deal with stuff like this know that gas doesn't just go away like that. There was gas all over the ground, all over the concrete. So, of course, I told the owners, said what happened, apologized, and they were really quite forgiving. They understood that things like this happened and, and they forgave me. But my point is this. Throughout all that, I still felt pretty bad about what I did to their equipment. How I made a mess of this newer, nice lawnmower that wasn't even mine. And you see what I'm getting at. That is the relationship between God's creation and our things. God is the one who borrows to us and we use what God has given us. God is the owner and just like I didn't want to disappoint the owner of that lawnmower, that's the same kind of attitude that we should have with the stuff that God has blessed us with. Because we are God's stewards. We care for what God has given us. Now I know, and trust me, this can be quite hard sometimes. I know in my mind, and don't just think because I'm up here talking about generosity that this is something easy in my life. I love my stuff. I love things that, is, that are mine. But really, generosity is, is kind of a faith issue. Now somebody said that God isn't interested in raising money He's interested in raising disciples. Disciples, believers who give generously. And this can go way beyond things of money, but how we spend our time, how we spend our talents to glorify God in our everyday lives. And as we grow in our own generosity, learn how to trust God with more things of ours, we grow in faith and learn that God still provides for us. And rich generosity reminds us of a few more things as well. One of those things is that it truly is more blessed to give than it is to receive. I mean, we know this because, well, Jesus said it, but also, isn't it great in in your life when things that you read in the Bible line up with everyday experiences just as you see it happen? I mean, how many of you, especially this time of the year, find great joy in giving and serving, whether you participate in the Caring Tree, the Thanksgiving Food Drive, the um, Salvation Army, or whatever you do? How many of you find great joy in doing things like that, being able to be generous? And rich generosity also reminds us that other people see our generosity, don't they? Now, I'm not saying like the Pharisees who gave large sums of money so that they may be seen by others, 
But being generous in for the right reasons, for the right purpose, is contagious, isn't it? You know, just thinking again to the wonderful joining Jesus study we did when we talked about being a witness just by doing everyday things in our lives. I mean, what more of a witness could be a generous use of our time to lend a listening ear to a friend, a family member, or a random person who just needs someone to talk to? What could be more of a witness than a generous use of our treasures to support the ministry or mission work of God's church? And what could be more of a witness than a generous use of our talents as we use what we are good at, what the abilities God has given us, and serve him through song, music, sports, our jobs, school, or whatever we're good at? What great opportunities do we have? This is the kind of inspiration that our actions provide as we use what God has given us to his glory. So next week, we're going to talk about what rich generosity teaches us as Christians. But until then, continue to be reminded. Reminded of the great love that God has lavished upon us upon you and upon me by sending his son Jesus that though he was very rich, he became poor so that we might become rich indeed. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.